Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing to talk about really tonight. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a fan question show. I already have a few questions lined up. Everybody in the live chat will talk about anything. We're just going to sit here and we're going to vibe. We're going to have some fun. Let's chat. Let's have let's have a really good time and I'll answer all your Vikings questions, I'll answer food questions. I'll answer pretty much anything that's not politics cuz politics suck no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. To the Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have some fun tonight on The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Forno. So with me, as always, in the top right corner, producer Dave. And with me, as always, in the bottom left corner, out of camera, his name is Odie. And we are here to have some fun with you here this evening. Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. Hey, it's the middle of the week. Beautiful weather. Just great yeah absolutely we got our first question already scotty paul hartman skull says skull from mississippi what is your prediction prediction of our record this year right now i'm going nine and eight and i think when you look at one score games regression to the mean is always it's going to happen in some way shape or form we're not going 11 and all like we did last year my guess is that levels out a little bit i do think kevin o'connell's ability to 
really thrive in those situations and really teach this team situational football is going to help. So I don't think it regresses completely to the mean, which I consider six and six, like 500 in those one score games. I think that they will be like, if they have 11 of them, I think they'll go like maybe seven and four. And I think those four losses combined with four standard losses that will make them nine and eight. That's what I'm, what I'm seeing. That's what I'm thinking. I think Dave's a little bit more optimistic than me. And I'll say this. It's not like they can't do better than that. And projections right now are futile, but there's almost no content. And it's, I'll say this. I really like a lot of the things that the Vikings have. Like, really good football team. But we'll see. We'll see. Dave, they're coming in fast and furious here. So let's just keep going. Dr. Proto. Have you heard anything about progress on the JJ extension? No. If I had, if I do hear anything, I will make sure I communicate it. But no, I don't have anything right now. They want to get it done, and for I think from from the outside looking in for Jefferson, it's going to be about do I want to take the sure thing now, or have another dominant year and risk injury, and get even more later. Because I think that's what it boils down to. And I don't necessarily think that's a greed thing. I think it's a thing where, hey, I have such a limited window to make as much money as possible and set my entire family up forever that I need to play this as smart as possible. Will he view smart being get the money now? Or will he view smart as being next year with another great year, my price will go up. Like that's, I think that's what this is going to come down to. If I'm Quasey, I would have already wanted that contract signed because he understands what the market value of Jefferson's going to do after this year. But kind of my take on it, we'll see how it ends up playing out. There's also another facet that you might want to consider. Does JJ want a short-term contract so he can come back at the negotiating table quicker? Or is he looking for a long-term contract? And all the guaranteed monies that go along with that. I predicted, because I wrote about this after the, I think it was after the Buffalo game, Dave. I wrote a long-form piece about the Jefferson contract extension. Breaking down how different receivers had approached their contract extensions. Outside of Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, both of whom were on second, or sorry, third contracts. Nobody was, only A.J. Brown took more than three years. Like Deontay Johnson, two years. DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, they went three years. AJ Brown went four, which I found a little bit surprising considering what the recent trend was. Because if you go a three year extension, you're basically playing two years on it, and then you're go- doing another extension if you're still that guy. So I predicted Jefferson to do a three year, $96 million extension, which means $32 million on average a year. Now you can have void years and you can push some money out. You can play with that. But that's what I thought the extension would be. I don't know what it will be when they eventually also sign heard it. what five one sixty, I think somewhere in that range. Doctor Proto asked a related question: of Is there a risk of a holdout? Not, not unless he gets, not unless he gets franchised and he doesn't have a contract signed, because the new CBA makes it pretty much impossible to hold out. It's just one of those things. We skipped one. I think it was, where is it? David Rinaldi. Do you see Madison getting 275 to 300 carries? 
Oh, I haven't missed that. I'm only on the third comment on my screen. There's even more questions. No, I don't think he's going to be that true bell cow. I don't, sorry, I don't think he'll get to 300. I think 200 is pl- very plausible, assuming there's no injuries. I think this backfield is going to be approached like the Saints have used their backfield for years, like the Eagles have used their backfield. They're going to spread the ball around, and they're going to spread it around to multiple players and try to keep those guys fresh. And not only that, they have different skill sets, and they're going to be able to utilize them as such. That's how I think it's going to happen. We'll see. There's a lot that can change. They may view Madison as a true bell cow. Who knows? But based on how I see it, I don't think he gets the 300. 200 is plausible because if I remember correctly, Alvin Kamara's never had over 200 carries in a season. And he's always one of the best producing running backs in the league. Like, you don't necessarily have to have a massive workload to be productive. Nope. You just got to get yards mm-hmm. on your carries. And you got to remember, Madison's yard per carry average was roughly equivalent or even a little bit better last year than Dalvin Cook's. And yeah. there's a big difference in how they do it. Oh, Absolutely. All right, let's keep going. This is fun. We've got a lot of questions, and Dave, Dave hasn't even—we haven't even gotten to the ones Dave has loaded up that for the call I put out on social media. Davy Chains, one of our every weekers, and we appreciate Davy. Do you think it's about time they open up the checkbook and pay Hunter what he rightfully deserves and stop pussyfooting around? I think they're going to. I somebody else said, and I think it was Luke Braun, and I'm going to give him credit because I like Luke, and Luke does a tremendous job with everything he does. But I'll also say this. I think they told Hunter, we're going to take care of you, but we're going to wait until after June 1st, and we're going to get all this other stuff taken care of first. I think they had that conversation, and I believe it was Luke who said it. And and if it wasn't Luke, somebody please correct me. But it makes a lot of sense, right? You have to deal mm-hmm. with the Dalvin Cook stuff. They already dealt with the Zadarius Smith stuff. And you have that conversation with him, be like, look, we know what the situation is. We're going to get you taken care of. Just give us time and trust that we're going to live up to our word. And if and they have they're the number one rated team according to those NFL PA report cards. So I think that they have some leniency there. They gave Hunter a bunch of money last year with that roster bonus. They didn't avoid it. They paid him. I think that they're going to do right by him. Now, what by him means, we don't know what that means yet. That will be fascinating to find out, Dave. Will it be $25 million a year? I think it's going to be a lot closer to that Bradley Chubb contract, $20 million a year. But we'll see, because that, that to me is very, very fascinating. Now, I heard on one of the shows today, and I don't remember which one, that they were saying Quazy wanted to lock him up for quite a while, ever since Quazy got to the team. And they made that additional contact and told him, hey, we want you here for a while. So if that is a true report, and Quasi has tried since he got here, and now it's coming up to fruition after June 1st, I think that's a good thing for the Vikings. But it also puts to rest any speculations of the Vikings trading him, depending on what they would get in return. Obviously, if you pay enough, football GMs would probably sell their mothers. I'm. I don't think a trade is going to happen at this point. I'm very, yeah. I'm fascinated to find out how everything. I mean, there's logic behind it. 
the logic is mm-hmm. this is the highest point you can get him. Somebody would be willing to pay a one. And if you're in rebuild mode, that number one could obviously go great for rebuilding next year. But I think they want to keep him. A- and they need to. Davenport's question mark. Davenport's shown signs, yes. But Davenport hasn't stayed healthy virtually his whole career. So if he, all those signs turn positive and he stays healthy, we're going to have a great pairing on the outside. I think Brian Flores is going to love it. Yeah, I think so too. All right, let's get to the next question here. Let's keep going down. Now. Oh, here we go from from Anthony. What late round pick will surprise in a good way this year? I think I'm not going to go with Jaron Hall because I don't think he's going to play. I'm not going to go with Dwayne McBride because every, he he is he's already being hyped up as one of those guys. I'm going to go with Jay Ward. I think he is going to be used like a versatile weapon. I think he's going to be used like the Patrick Chung's, the Eric Rose of the world, Kyle Duggar. He's going to be used in a versatile way, and they're going to u- utilize him to attack, 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 attack. And I think it's going to surprise people how much he actually plays. Don't be shocked if he ends up playing something like four or 500 snaps this year because of that versatility and the ability to do a lot of different things. Plus, injuries happen. So that's kind of that's where I'm leaning. Colin Roy, I don't know how they're going to use him. I don't think he's a true nose tackle, especially in this scheme. Being, weighing like 308 pounds, that doesn't scream nose to me. I think he's going to be more of a four-eye, three-technique, five-technique, depending on kind of what the front looks like on what. I'd be shocked if he plays a true nose, but I think Jay Ward is going to surprise people how much he plays. Shall we go to the first of the Twitter questions? Yes, let's go with that. Kevin, my writer at Vikings Wire, and he asked this because he just released his first 53-man roster projection when I released mine last week. Three UDFAs have the best shot of making the team. I think this one's pretty cut and dry. It's going to be Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker, Andre Carter, the second, the edge from Army, and this one's this third one's a tie. I'm going to go Calvin Avery, nose tackle, Illinois, but don't sleep on Malik Knowles because I think that special teams utility, along with the ability to grow and develop as a receiver, I think would earn him a roster spot. That The Vikings receiver room after wide receiver three is – it's Jalen Naylor's the like a question mark at best, and everybody else is like, ooh, buddy, I don't know. Like, it's a lot. We'll see. But I think Knowles has an opportunity. Avery, I think, makes the team because he's a nose tackle and he can play good football. You need that in this defense really, really bad. Tonga's fine, but is he that guy? I don't know. Next question. Let's go. Uh, yes, sir. Tyler, Ireland. Where is Tyler? He usually pops up on the show. I'm not sure. But which player is most likely to regress in 2023? Not slight statistical regression, but a substantial dip in quality of play. That's an interesting one. Because before I read that last caveat, I was thinking Justin Jefferson. Because it's, it's going to be so hard for him to duplicate what he did last year. And that's no fault of his own. That's no fault of his talent. When you have a career year... It's unlikely that you duplicate it with another career year. It's just the way like trends and math works. It, Especially it's not with every defensive coordinator we face coming up this year, game planning specifically against Justin Jefferson. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dave L saying that Naylor was killing with JJ and Addison. I'll get to that in a minute because it's there's a lot of caveats with that. But regression in substantial dip in quality of play. KJ Osborne's a candidate for that. A lot of his production last year came as he was like the fourth guy. Where's Tyler? There he is. There he is. Like the he was the fourth guy, and he got a lot of production, but. Half of his production came in the last four games. So that either tells you, hey, it's worrisome that he didn't produce like for the most of the year. And his lack of production was it part of the antithesis of the TJ Hawkinson trade. Let's not forget about that. Or is it a sign of a trend of positive things to come where now has gone, he's going to have a bigger role. I think it's more of a downturn or like a negative than a positive. I don't think he's that great of a receiver. I think he's a solid number three. That's not something that I think this offense is going to use nearly as much as they did last year. I don't think you're going to get as much quality of play from K.J. Osborne as you did last season. But I've never been very high on him. I think he's okay at best. Yeah, but is, just, is that a dip in his quality or is that a dip in, produ- in plays designed for him? Well, both. See what I, I see. He didn't have he didn't have plays designed for him last year. Well, he may have been number two or three options, but they were there, and they hit him. Now, obviously, the one, two, and three options are always going to be JJ Addison and Hawkinson. Now, so even as wide re- wide receiver number three, he's probably the fourth guy that Kirk looks at. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. Now. The logical response to this is you look at the old guys. What old guys do we have on the team? We have Harrison Smith, the hitman. Is he mm-hmm. going to regress? Is he going to get slower? He's, what, 34, somewhere up in there? Yeah. For a safety, that's up there. And then, of course, the other one is Kirk Cousins. He's going to be 35. And, you know, I've done the studies on it. When do quarterbacks start to deteriorate? And we may have seen hints of it last year, but 35 is that key year when they do. Hopefully that is not the case because we need everybody firing on all cylinders this season because we do have a difficult schedule, especially the first third of it. Get through that. And I think we'll be golden, but we want to take this team further than it's ever been before mm-hmm. with these people. So they, we don't want regression. We want progression in their skills or at least in their outputs. Now, Harrison Smith may be a tad bit slower, but if Brian Flores is using him to screw with quarterbacks' heads, be it coming up in the box, staying back, doing safety blitzes or whatever, that's a great, great thing. And as far as Kirk Cousins, as long as he can stay productive, hit those wide receivers we just talked about, and march that offense down the field, stop with this bullshit three and outs, I think we will do just fine. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. But we're instead of going to the next one you have, Dave, we're going to go to my worthless opinion whose opinion is not worthless on this show. Why wouldn't they put Carter in the practice squad? Talking Andre Carter II. What are the odds of another team sniping a guy they didn't want to draft and probably won't be a starter this season? This is something I've talked about quite a bit with a lot of people. 
This is something I argued you with you over. I think that he's a guy that they will keep on the practice squad or on the main roster because I think somebody will snipe him. To me, the $340,000 guaranteed tells you that other teams were very interested and they knew that they needed to go above and beyond in order to get this guy in the fold. Now, not a lot of guys that get released get claimed off of waivers right away. So there is a chance you can get them on the practice squad. There's also a chance that you don't. I think, I really, really think that they're going to try everything to keep him. Plus, you also have this factor of, Quasi Dolphomensa has already shown that he is going to prioritize his guys over guys that were here before he got here. And I think that's why he might be willing to keep Andre Carter over a DJ Wanham. Is that the best choice? You can argue that all day. But I don't think that he makes it, if he hasn't anywhere close to decent camp, because they know he's a project, that he's, he's going to be, he's going to make the final 53. He's got to bomb the process in order to not make it, in my opinion. I think he's going to be on the on the practice squad. But that's where you and I disagree. Yeah, what's it like to be wrong, Dave? I wouldn't know. That's why. Oh, I come asked. on, you're married. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The wife thinks she's right. There's a difference. The oh, wife no. thinks You'll learn. she's Just right. Just give it up. Just give it up. <laughs> give in. It's easier that yeah. way. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Dave in the comments, and then we're going to go to the next loaded up question. Do you think Blackman is a good shot of winning a starting spot? I think there's a chance. I wrote an article for Vikings Wire talking about the impact Mikai Blackman could have this year. I recommend Dave that you go check that out. He's got this dumb jock energy to him, and what I mean by that is, if you've ever watched wrestling, guys who just no sell like they'll get punched and they'll just stand there looking at you like literally a dumb jock in high school. Like kind of that arrogant little face and stuff. Like he As is he looks towards Odie. Yeah, I know. Oh, I got to make sure Odie's only chewing on things he's supposed to be. He found one of my G two pens and started chewing on that, and I felt really bad having to throw it away. But when you oh, look pens. at everything, oh, very good pens. I love those pens. Blackman is a guy that Flora is prioritized, and you can tell based on watching the tape. He's a great man cover corner. This is a wide open competition, Dave, and because of that. There's three starting cornerback spots, essentially. You know Byron Murphy Jr. is going to have one of them. There's two others. Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., Makai Blackman, and Joan Williams are the four guys you expect to compete for those spots. You could count Jay Ward as the nickel, but I don't think he's – I don't think he's – I think they're going to – actually, I don't really know how they're going to use him, but I would guess he's not going to be in con- contention to start. Because they did say they want to put Byron Murphy in nickel in nickel packages. I think Blackman has a good chance to start early. I don't know. I really don't know. Dave, yes, of course I got a wrestling reference in. But it's a good comp. It is a good comp. So no, I agree with you on there. And I would, on all the people there, I'd also add Bynum is possibly moving down to play as well. Or it could be. We've got to see what Flores has dialed up. It's way too early in OTAs, and just the things we've heard so far are great, but we've got to see what he's got dialed up and how he plans to do it. And it'll take through going through preseason to basically see how he plans on implementing and who has the bigger edge to start. But does Blackman have the opportunity to win one of those spots? You bet. He, he does have an opportunity to win one of those spots. 
They, Brian Flores said it today. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your draft capital is or how much money you make. Everybody's going to have an opportunity. Odie, did you really have to fart? <laughs> Listen, he's a flat-faced dog. And Frenchies get a lot of air in their stomach, so they fart, and they fart massive. It smells like an atomic bomb in here. It's really, really bad. Let's go to the next preloaded question, Dave. Comments, if you have them, roll them at us. We can talk pretty much anything. I'm, we're here to have fun tonight. Yeah, ask me food questions. Ask me wrestling. We can talk music. This is a, this is a fun show. It's off-season. We don't really have much to talk about, so let's have a good time, all right? Nelson Thielen, based on your pre-draft analysis of Booth, Seen, and Evans, would you have pegged them as a good scheme fit for Brian Flores? Yes, yes, and yes. Evans is the one that I thought was best in man coverage, but I also thought he could thrive in like a cover three because he's tall and he's long and his hips aren't the most fluid. They're fine, but they're not exactly like super loosey-goosey or anything. Booth, I thought was a man cover corner, and Seen, He's a guy you could do a lot of different things with. He's going to be used as a missile more often than not. And Skull for Life telling Odie that a boy for farting. Look, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'll send him to your house and you can smell his farts. They're gnarly. They are gnarly. But yeah, I think all three of those are fits for Brian Flores in one way, shape, or form. And I think that's a massive benefit where you have so much talent that fits what he wants to do. You don't have to change over a lot. And, oh, they couldn't really afford to change over a lot anyways. Yeah, I I think they all would do fit his system. Today I saw that they're trying to work with Evans to change his style of tackling. I found that interesting. That's – I did find that interesting too. It's all – it's true. And it's concussion-based. Just be safer. Be – try and play smarter. Like the head heads-up thing – has only been around for about 10 years, like really driving home. So like Evans would have come in just before that, where like a lot of times it was head to the side. And that's when you still got injuries because, oh, guys will just shift. You change the way they tackle and try to keep the head completely out of the play and really make that a focus. Because sometimes, especially corners, they don't do as much focusing on that as you might think. So I think it's a smart play. We'll see if it works. I hope so for both the Vikings' sake and health' sake. Because most importantly, I don't want a Caleb Evans' to, his brain to be fried by the time he's thirty and he struggles with daily life tasks at the age of forty. Like that's not something any of us want. So if changing his tackling style will help prevent that, I think that's a net positive for both the Vikings and his future. David Nelson, are there any new players who might excel in special teams? If you've watched previous episodes, I think the one guy is Ivan Pace Jr. I think he's tailor-made to be a a legit special teams ace. A little shorter. He's got a really slow get-off, but he's got great long speed. His testing is weird. I don't know how much you can actually read into it. 28th percentile 10-yard split, but a 20th and 40th percentile splits of over 80th percentile. That's very odd. I've never seen somebody test quite like him, which makes him an outlier. And outliers, a lot of times, especially with his height and weight and what his skill package is, there's a reason why he went undrafted. And it's because he's an outlier almost everywhere. You kind of look at that and you look at everything. I I think he's tailor-made for special teams. I think they'll find a role for him on defense. I don't think he'll ever be great. But I think he could be a great 
special teamer. Like like a like a Heath Farwell, if you remember him from 10, 15 years ago. That's the kind of guy I think they're going to pigeonhole pace to be. And I think they'll find a role for him on defense as like a blitzer, sub-package guy. That's kind of what I'm looking at for who I think could excel on special teams. Yes, if they don't pansy the special teams play out too much. Which gets to Davey's question. What do you think of the new kickoff rule? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply i like that they're trying to make the game safer i do think that ultimately they're going to go to what the XFL does. And if you don't know what the XFL does, all the defenders line up at the other 30-yard line. All the blockers line up at the 25. None of those guys can move until the ball is caught. Now, the XFL also has a rule that the ball, it has to be a return. The ball has to be caught between the 0 and the 20. If it's not, it goes right out to the 40. So they're incentivizing kickoffs, but they're also making them safe. The guy, the defenders end up at the same spot they would if they ran with a, a head of steam. Instead, they get no steam. I like because they get no steam. That's a net positive because I, to my knowledge, I don't think there was one single injury on kickoffs this year in the XFL. Over a ten game sample size plus three playoff games. That's pretty good. Now, they may want one more full year to, to really get it, hold this because this new kickoff rule is a one-year trial period. They do this with a lot of rules, like the pass interference calls being reviewed by review. Like, you could challenge, and they can be mm-hmm. reviewed. That was a one-year trial. So this is two. I think that is that's where they're going to end up, but we'll see. Tyler Island makes a comment about that kickoff rule saying he doesn't think it affects Wongwu's chance to make the roster. I think it does because he has shown zero aptitude to be anything out of the backfield, not in preseason, not in his few regular season snaps. And I don't know if he has it in him to be a capable back in the, in three downs. Like you want him to be, you hope he can. He's shown none of it yet. And to me, that's worrisome. Yeah, but, just because they're putting in this rule that you can fair catch it doesn't mean a kick returner has to fair catch it. No, it does not mean they have to fair catch it. The whole idea is if the kicker pops it up super high, it gives the kick team time to get down there quickly and in somebody's face, the returner may then go, hey, I don't have room. 
But if it's just a weak leg kicker that can't boot it through the end zone, because we've seen so many times where kickers just rocket through the end zone and Kene grumbles off, walks off the field. But if they pooch it and kick it high, the only time that he's going to call for fair catch is if, you know, the kick team is in his face. Otherwise, he's going to go, boom, and now he's got a shorter distance to at least get to the 25, right? And any return beyond the 25 is gravy at that point. I don't know if it's going to achieve what the NFL wants it to achieve, put it that way. But yes, it makes the kick returner a more expendable position, which is the way some people make their living is on special teams. And it's awful sad because it'll reduce the amount of people that can can play and make the league. I knew one one of the camps I went to was Steve Schubert played for the Bears. He was listed as a wide receiver. He wasn't a wide receiver. He was their kickoff specialist. And the dude looked funny when he walked, but when he ran, he ran like a gazelle. Unbelievable. Little guy. And he was fantastic. And people like that, who don't have the normal size to play wide receiver or corner or whatever running back, you know, your traditional returners, they won't be able to make it. They'll be out of a game if this keeps up. But like I said, thinking about it, I think Kenny will say, hey, I've got room to run this back now just because I kick it shorter. Gets me closer to the 25. I'm going for it. We'll find out. Um, college kickoffs dropped dropped almost 10% when they instituted that rule. We'll see. We'll see. That's really all we can do at this point. Let's get to the next question because we haven't had any in the comments in a while, Dave. Okay. Wide receiver four. Which wide receiver do you see fitting in the wide receiver four? Maybe Naylor taking a larger role. This was from Mike Mixkey. Honestly, I think it's it's probably going to end up being Naylor. I Maybe Brandon Powell, but probably not. I think he's more of a slot gadget guy where I think Jalen Naylor has the ability to be a true full-fledged receiver. Maybe Jalen Rager hits some wide receiver camps this year and or this past offseason, <laughs> and he could potentially be that guy. I don't Bought think a jugs machine and caught 200 passes a day for every day since the last season. And you know what? I'm not even worried about that. It's more of like the mistakes he made in route running in that Colts game nearly cost the Vikings the game twice. Like that – that, to me, is more worrisome than, hey, he has a couple drops here and there. Who cares about drops, Dave? Drops happen to everybody. They really do. But we'll see. We'll see. I think Naylor's got the inside edge. Tristan Jackson's a good outlier or good long shot, I mean, because he's he was with this team last year. He nearly made the team. I think he's got a good skill set. He's got size. Blake Prohl, I think, does not have much of a shot. Malik Knowles, I don't think he's a wide receiver for. I think he's a five or a six, but he sticks around kind of player. So the depth, wide receiver depth on this team is going to be very fascinating to watch play out because the top three are 100%. Four, five, and maybe six, nobody knows. Well, I think Naylor makes it. I think he's 100%. Mm-hmm. So I'd go top four. But 
And Naylor's well, got I, I, glowing I, reviews so far on OTAs. But it is OTAs. They're in shorts. Yep. So let's talk about David Nelson's before I talk about Dave's question. Because he mentions Kenny barely played at running back at Iowa State because he was stuck behind David Montgomery and Brees Hall. Why was he stuck behind David Montgomery and Brees Hall? Why couldn't he take enough touches away from them? Like that that's the question you have to ask with him struggling to get on the field in the NFL. Maybe it wasn't necessarily he's his hidden gem. Maybe he's just not that good, but he has all the he has he's the idea of a really good running back, but that doesn't mean he can play running back at a really high level. And I think that's kind of where we're at with him. We'll find out if he is able to have any sort of aptitude to raise up moving forward. I genuinely don't know, but we'll see. Dave L. mentions that he became a big fan of Abraham Boplan, the middle linebacker from Marshall, when he saw him run down a running back and do a perfect peanut punch fumble. A lot of linebackers can't make that play. And you're right. A lot of linebackers can't make that play. Boplan's an athlete. I don't know... I don't know if he's going to make the team, but inside linebacker is a crapshoot after the top two. Jordan Hicks is making this team unless they trade him, which I doubt, because he's guaranteed his full salary. So his contract restructure was they took away at $1.5 million in base salary from him and because he had no guarantees left and guaranteed the $3.5 million. That was the trade-off. So unless somebody trades for him, like Jordan Hicks is staying on the team and Quite frankly, I don't know if you want to roll into week one with Brian Asamoah and Troy Dyer, Troy Reader as your two linebackers. Jordan Hicks has his flaws, but he's, he's be much that. better than anybody else on that roster that could replace him. He's going to be that vet in a room. That's yeah. Period. Now, All right, I Dave, s- what else do we got? I saw a good question pop up here in my side of the deal from Jeremy Chicalis. I hope I pronounced that right. How do we improve the trenches on both sides? The weakest part of our team is the offense and defensive lines. Send them to Golden Corral for a week. No, honestly, I think continuity is going to be really big for especially the offensive line. When was the last time we had an improved unit then return the next season? It's been a long time. It's been a long time, Dave. And when I look at all of this, I think that the Vikings have a really good unit. I don't know if they're a great unit, but the offensive line is good. It is solid. Because it's solid, I think we're in a really good spot. Now, to answer the question, how do you improve them? That comes through coaching. And you're going to want to work on technique, balance, strength, hand speed, You want to work hand fighting with them, and you want to run drills for specifically the interior guys on how to handle stunts. And it's just repetition, repetition. You don't have to be hitting at this point in time. You just have to run drills, and there'll be light contact because you're going against the defense. Defense is just the exact same thing. You're working on technique, balance, hand play, stuff like that, how to run stunts, how to read, and it's repetition, repetition, repetition with the coaches standing there going, no, release him now, 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 right? If he's yelling at Ed Ingram to Bradbury, 
if Bradbury stays on too long to assist or whatever it is, it's the coaches in the background going now, right? And that tells the lineman, all right, in this sight picture, I've got two guys coming this way. Now is the time I need to break sideways and stick with this one. It's through those sort of drills that they will get better. And with Brian Flores throwing a mixture of stuff at the offensive line, and we all saw the quote or heard the quote today from Christian Darisaw, that's going to help the team. That's how they improve. The fact that they're back together again, their communication's all already there. There's sort of an ESP that develops among especially offensive linemen, but also defensive linemen, where you know you can feel Ingram can feel Bradbury. Cleveland can feel Bradbury and where they're at, where the tackles are at. And they know instinctually mm-hmm. without having to communicate. All that comes through is reps and reps and reps and coaches going, working on the timing of it, of the releases, doing this, doing that. And through that, they will get better. It's a combination of being here, working together for the second straight year, and good coaching. You, If we get that, you're going to see a big jump in their scores from last season. Yeah, we'll see. This, it's going to be fascinating to see how those trench units end up playing. Let's go back into the comments for questions. There were a couple good ones. i got to find them first because we've had a lot of chat in the comments, which I absolutely love There's to see. one. Is Rager um, even likely to make the team? That's the one I was looking for. Yes, I believe so, unless they're able to trade him because otherwise his entire salary is dead cap because he signed that first-round pick contract. The full contract is guaranteed. He's on the team unless somebody trades for him because – I doubt Quasi Dopamenta is just going to dump him. They, he could if he's that bad. But I think that they're going to try and at least get something out of him. Another one from Tyler is the Dal- Dalton Reisner to Minnesota smoke real. No. Doogie, I love Doogie. Great guy. Good at his job. He keeps mentioning it because Chris Cooper was, I think – he was either at or in Dalton's wedding because mm-hmm. he was his former like coach in Denver. There's no smoke. That's just I think that's just Doogie trying to manifest. And I can understand it. The Vikings could use an improvement at guard, but and I also think some people want it because I've seen people say that they want it because his nah, I'm, his, I'm not gonna say that. His pass blocking grades are better than both guards that we have. His run blocking grades, however, is not. Yeah. Ezra's got a better run blocking grade than Reisner does. And you're talking about somebody that's coming into their second contract, so it's not going to be cheap. And mm-hmm. one of the things the Vikings are working on right now is cheap, at least for now. Yes, Cleveland, yeah. he's playing for a contract this year, which is another reason I hope his play goes up. But yeah, we all hope his play goes up because if his play goes up, it means more money for him. It means better success for the Vikings. That's a win-win in my opinion. Okay, the last of the Twitter questions. Okay. From Nelson Thielen. Also, if you had to live the next year of your life in a fictional universe, one of your favorite fandoms, which would you choose? It's a fascinating question. It took me a while to think about it. It was relatively quick. And I think I know your answer prior to. Well, let's go with this. What do you think my answer would be? 
wrestling. Yeah, but I guess I don't follow. The world of already, professional wrestling is male soap opera. Yeah. It's, it's an acting career. Now, you are partially in it already. You report on your Hungi podcast. Yep. But being around it and working it, I think you would find pleasurable. But that was just, it's fictional. It's more realistic because it exists. Mm. But what would you say? You know what I think would be fun? Live, live. There's a lot of like out there answers. You could live in the Marvel Universe. I'm going to choose a one that's more based on real life. I think it would be fun to live in the world of home improvement. That would be cool. And watch like in real time Tim the Toolman Taylor being be Tim the Toolman Taylor. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I also think it's somewhat realistic, which is why I'm going this route. But yeah, I, I think that would be cool. I also admittedly am a big fan of the teen soap opera, The OC, that aired when I was a teenager. Yeah. Like, I think living in that world would be fun, mainly because I'd have money and it'd be really nice weather all the time. Stuff happens to those people like it does in every soap opera. But I do think that it would be cool to have a lot of money and live in great weather. So I think those would be my two. I thought about Sons of Anarchy, but it's also Sons of Anarchy. I wouldn't want to do the stuff that they do. (laughs) You're okay, buddy. Good boy. All right, let's do... A couple more in the comments, and we're going to call it a night, Dave. There's one from Ty. Does Ezra have a future in Minnesota, or is he on his way out after this season? I think he's on his way out after this season. I really do. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep him at that price. And I'm going to stand by this. Guards don't matter. Um, When it comes to building like the rest of your team, guard is the least important position when it comes to building your entire offense. You could argue running back. But I think when you have two really good tackles like the Vikings do, and if Bradbury continues to take a step forward at center, like just get average to above average at guard. Unless you find a Quentin Nelson or Zach Martin, then you're fine. I think Ezra Cleveland's going to command $10 plus million a year, and I just don't think that they're going to pay that. I really don't. Aaron, um, invisible Dave, man to change all the games to wins. No, that'd be that would be funny. Another, another fun universe, angels in the outfield. Yeah, mine. That simple. would be cool. What? I grew up it, with Star Trek. Is that original Star Trek or Next Generation? Well, the one pictured is not the original. It's not the A model. But is that Deep Space I, but I grew up watching the original Star Trek. I've seen every one of them, but I think the ones CBS is doing now is great. I thought the Kelvin timeline was great. It's, I just grew up. It was fascinating. It was wonderful. I would love to meet seven of nine. She's my age. Absolutely beautiful woman. Yeah. All right. A couple more. I'll do rapid fire and then we will get out of here. Dave LS. Can you put regular practice squad? Yeah, but you don't. You're not going to like. It, he's a first round pick. You're not going to put him on the practice squad. I don't think that they would be willing to do that. Let's see. There was a couple more here. There's so many. Who starts yeah. between Booth and Evans if both are healthy? If you told me both guys were healthy, based on what we 
currently know that Caleb Evans gets to start. Mm-hmm. He played better last year in the limited opportunities both had. By the end of the year, I think it's Andrew Booth Jr. that's going to be the starter. No, that's where I'm at there. Comma, stud name. Yeah, and I'm the one wearing a red shirt today. What? No. Hey, Norse Theseus knows what a crew chief is. That's what I was in the Air Force aircraft mechanic. I relate to Scotty. Ah, I knew you did Air Force stuff, but I didn't realize you were a crew chief. That's pretty cool. So let me ask you this before we go, because I think this could be fun. When my, my best friend was in the Army, and he was MP, and he was stationed in Kandahar for a while, and he wouldn't talk a lot about it, and I wouldn't ask him a lot about it, but I did ask him how they passed the time and how they screwed around, because a lot of military guys like to screw around and just mess with stuff. What was kind of your guys' favorite pastime, and how did you guys screw around? Because I'm guessing you were on flight decks? Yes. Or were you at base? No, I was... I worked on airplanes. I And I was also a flying crew chief. I went with my airplane anytime okay. we deployed anywhere. No, I worked on the flight line. I worked on airplanes. We got dirty. We got grimy. We had hydraulic fluid, jet fuel. We smelled. We... It was... It's a nasty job that people take pride in because it's a tough job. You've got to mm-hmm. learn a lot of stuff to be able to fix airplanes. And it's easier to break in them than it is to fix them. So it's a rough world. We tended to work hard and by hard, sometimes hours upon hours upon hours upon hours, very little sleep, lots of coffee. And we tended yeah. to play hard. And play hard came in a variety of things, most of which involved alcohol. <laughs> that sounds like my life. And we picked on each other. That was a normal part of life. It was first, we always joked the first section going through tech school is how to rag on your buddy. And if you couldn't handle it, you weren't going to make it on the flight line. We were closer to that pointed spear that we had to get it up. So make it so the airplanes would fly and the crews would hop in their aluminum tubes, take off and do their thing and then come back, turn them around. We didn't get pampered like they did. It was it's it's it was a rough life career field. And I know Norsefius, he's talking about he used to jack us up on the flight lines. Yes. And there was a tension between aircraft maintenance and SPs on the flight line. But I have a bunch of good friends that were SPs. SP security police, same as MPs in the army. We used to joke that you know, they're rivet counters when they have to sit there and all they can do is count rivets on airplanes. Or bunny watchers if they're in the missile fields. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, yes, Davey, you got to watch out for FOD. FOD is foreign objects. You don't want to suck it into the aircraft and damage engines. Engines are expensive. And then the, they're in the millions. And you don't want to do that. So, it's a, it was a fun time. I, mean, I had a blast. I'd do it all again. Thanks, Aaron. I'd, like I said, I'd do it all, all over again. It was a blast. It was very rewarding mentally. I grew up with aircraft. My grandfather was an aircraft designer, designed a whole bunch of airplanes through World War II and beyond, engineer. And then I grew up with the love of airplanes and airplane stories. And the closest I got was in the Air Force, being a crew chief and being a flying crew chief. I got to fly everywhere I went. So it was cool. Yeah. Dave, that's our show. 
We're going to do another one of these before the offseason ends because, quite frankly, there's not a ton to talk about. Uh, Programming note, there may not be a show Monday night because it is my wife's birthday. So likely you guys just enjoy your Memorial weekend, and we will be back on Wednesday. If we have something, it'll be pre-recorded, so you'll just be able to watch at your own convenience. But, yeah, my wife's mom and brother are coming into town tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, Friday. And then they're going to be here until Monday. And then Monday is my wife's actual birthday. Cool. So, yeah, sure. Davey, Happy I, birthday I know we have a, Oh, I will. Davey, I know we got a bunch of veterans here. And I am, I am grateful that you guys were all more courageous than I was because I did not have the guts to try to get through boot camp. Hey, Monday, um, is and I'll about, admit that. Monday isn't about us. It's about the ones we lost. Hey, I know. But even so, I'm going to, I'm just going to say that I'm appreciative of everybody who, who stepped forward and wore the uniform because that you get a lot, like there's a lot of politics involved with the military, but at the end of the day, anybody who chooses to serve their country, it's not political. It's honorable as hell. So I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. And I'm Norseus put his, I know what those guys went through. They went through some shit too. So yes. And Davey, Davey's another one in the group and I'm sure there's more, but speaking of program notes, we've been working on something for days. And you'll find out in a little over a week. Yes, sir. In the meantime, guys, have a great Memorial Day weekend. And as we always say, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. On behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.